Welcome to Networks for Training and Development's Employment for All podcast. I am your host, Joe Murphy. This podcast is dedicated to real work and real pay for all citizens. Today is May 13th, 2020. Today's Employment Forum podcast is in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. I'm so glad you've been able to join us or you are able to join us today. And I hope all is well and you are safe uh, amidst this COVID pandemic. And um, we just want to welcome you to our Employment Forum weekly meeting, at least um, for now, weekly meeting. We are partnering with Networks for Training. And our facilitator for this meeting will be Teresa Cody from Networks from Training. And so again, welcome to our meeting. Hi everyone. Thank you for joining us today. This webinar is being recorded. As shared, my name is Teresa Cody with Networks for Training and Development. We are happy to host these virtual forums with support from IDS in efforts to support employment services, individuals, staff, providers, especially amidst COVID-19. Let's take a moment to center ourselves. Take a moment right now to remember your breath. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Today, we wanted to take time to provide insight into an upcoming virtual recruitment being planned for the Philadelphia region, an idea that spurred from this employment forum. Allie from Kencrest will share an overview of the idea and will lead us in conversation as we move forward in this planning process. We are grateful to have Allie join us today and lead us in this virtual recruitment planning. Allie, thank you for being here. Thanks very much for having me. Very excited to talk about this virtual reverse recruitment event that we have been working on for a couple of weeks now. And as Teresa had mentioned, it was an idea that was sparked through some brainstorming that we were doing uh, with this group uh, a few weeks ago. And sure enough, it, it will be a reality in the not too distant future. So first, what I'd like to do is really highlight and give thanks for the um, group of people that have come together um, to make this a reality uh, for our um, job seekers that we support and for um, our provider agencies to give us something really positive to be working on. So I just wanted to highlight Chelsea Lutz, uh, Teresa Cody, Sue Schaefer, Chris Rude, Christopher Florence, Joe Murphy, uh, Joe McGuire, Sharon Skirky, and Kim Emmett. I hope I'm not missing anybody that has been involved in our planning sessions. Uh, but just wanted to shout out to you guys and say a huge thank you. So, um, I don't know if anyone on the call today has ever experienced a traditional job fair. Um, but what um, I remember from the last traditional job fair that I, I attended was that, you know, it was great to pick up some swag. It was great to learn about, um, you know, the, the types of jobs that were available, 
um, different organizations that were hiring, but I never really felt um, that it was terribly inclusive and I never really felt like it was the best way to get my story out there. And um, I'm pretty sure that it's not the best way uh, for most of the job seekers who we support um, to tell their story and get their um, message out to employers. So uh, a reverse recruitment event um, kind of turns the traditional model on its ear and highlights the job seeker, who they are as individuals, their skills, strengths, and interests, and invites businesses to come in and participate to meet them. Um, so our thought was, why can't we do this as a virtual event? Um, so we, um, the planning group, have determined that we can host a virtual reverse recruitment event using the Zoom platform. The way this will work is we will invite job seekers to participate and they should participate using visual tools such as a visual or video resume or maybe a website um, that is focused on their portfolio in place of an expo board. Typically, if you go to a reverse job fair, the job seekers have a table that they have set up which usually includes a large expo board which provides a visual background uh, for them when they are meeting with employers. So these visual tools will, um, these visual tools will uh, provide a backdrop for conversations that they would have with uh, businesses who are participating in the event. For those of you who were um, familiar with the uh, initiative that Teresa had spearheaded uh, for the um, what was to be the employment symposium this spring, which unfortunately needed to be postponed, um, she had created an application for the 20 in 20 um, part of the symposium that they were going to do. So we have decided if you had seen that application, uh, you'll know what we're talking about. We're going to utilize that application as the kind of doorway uh, to bring job seeker applicants into the event. We'll be asking that job seekers submit that completed application 10 days before the event so that we have time to organize their information and communicate with participating businesses. Now, before I go any further, does anybody have questions or any thoughts so far? Okay, then I will keep going. Aside from inviting job seekers, obviously we're also going to need to invite businesses to participate and um, highlight that they will have the opportunity to meet quality job seekers at that time. So one way that we wanna communicate with businesses ahead of time is to create a quote unquote book of job seeker information that will then be shared with registered businesses prior to the event. 
So we've had a couple thoughts about this, and I'm going to, this is one of the first things that I want to open up to the group for some brainstorming. What we want to do is basically pr provide registered businesses with job seeker information prior to the event. So that would hopefully be um, links to a video resume or to a website, or it could be, um, you know, a, a um, file for someone's visual resume. We um, were thinking that this information could potentially be housed on Phila on the job, but we were also thinking, would we be well served by utilizing something like a shared, um, uh, a, a shared storage space like Google Docs or Dropbox? Now we have gone back and forth on this because there are at least some provider agencies that may not have access to the Google Docs or the Dropbox. Um, that might not be problematic. They could send all of the files to uh, a person on the planning committee that did have access to that um, shared file. But do most businesses have access to Google Docs or Dropbox? We're not sure. So we wanted to open this up for some um, brain, <laughs> some additional brain power, um, some additional brainstorming. What do people think about utilizing those um, types of storage spaces to be able to keep this information and disseminate it to businesses? Any thoughts? So Kim, Kim Emmett in the chat, chat, excuse me said, can it be housed on the website? This is Teresa. It, it could be housed on Phila on the job, Kim added on a separate page. We can certainly set that up so that people can access it there. Um, I think something that we would need to consider and try to figure out is if we are making this information of the job seekers only open to businesses who register for the event, or if we are keeping this open to anybody and everybody, because we would want to ensure that we are being very clear on the level of disclosure that job seekers would inevitably need to participate. That's a really good point, Teresa. So if it's housed on the website, then that's pretty much open to anyone to see. However, if it's provided to registered, visit, uh, res registered businesses via a link, then it's slightly more controlled. Uh, Kim, Kim came back in the chat saying, can a link to each job seeker be on the site um, with a password protection? So again, that, that's, a, that's a question that we can check in on regarding Phila on the job and to what extent we have that capability. And then Suzanne, I see your hand is raised. Hi. Um, yeah, I was actually going to make that same suggestion that, that possibly there could be that the other the other thing though is that that if it's on fill on the job the people if if you if you do 
have someone's information on um, the fill a job, is it fill on the job? Is it necessary to put someone's disability in the information that goes to the employers? Because you know that that doesn't just because you have a disability, do you really need to put that on the uh, on the application that the that the businesses see? So this is Teresa. Um, I wasn't referencing to put the disability on the information, but for when we were looking at the 20 and 2020 piece, we had as part of job seekers submission knowing informing them who all would know that they are I simply identifying as having a disability because that in and of itself can be a level of disclosure so making sure right, that they, they know that it would not just be businesses potentially partaking in the event but really at that point they'd be putting it out to the whole world unless it was password protected of some kind. Right, but but I'm just trying to think if there's a way that it could, that it could be done um, because because this really leads to a whole other question. Once you're, um, you know, even if it's on Dropbox or Google Drive, you and 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 while you do uh have a certain level of protection it is possible that that you may uh not want someone to know that you have a disability later and and somehow that link to google drive might be out out somewhere in cyberspace so I'm wondering if it may, might make sense to have the application go to someone, but that it be filtered and that that disability isn't necessarily mentioned at all in the information that goes to um, employers. This is Teresa. Again, I think it's just simply the nature of being involved with Phila on the job and Phila and on the job, the whole mission is providing that linkage for job seekers with disabilities and businesses. Right, That's but we all. already have, you know, we already have, you already have people, you know, like, like people putting jobs uh, and, and different things. I don't know, I haven't been up on the, on the board recently. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way to make this as user-friendly as, as possible for everyone um, because there may be people who may not have access to Dropbox or Google Drive who want to put their resumes up. And so as long as there's a way for them to do that without necessarily having to have Google Drive or Dropbox on their computer, then then that might make sense. I'm. This is Allie. I might have done a poor job explaining this. So, I think what we would do is um, participants in the event would not be directly putting their documents into the Google Drive or the Dropbox. Okay. 
that okay. will be All done right. by one of the that's fine. The, the planning committee members. Um, yet to okay, be then that makes that makes better sense. The question then becomes: Do most businesses, if we if we did use a Google Drive or we did use a Dropbox, and we would then provide businesses, and for, I had been saying registered businesses initially, but maybe we would decide that that could be opened up a little bit more, or maybe that we would want to keep it pretty much locked down to the registered um, businesses, that they would then be provided that link to be able to view the documents that have been placed in that drive. I guess my question is, is our experience, and there are so many people on this call with wide varieties of experiences working with the business community, are we finding that most for-profit businesses don't have any constraints on the availability of opening a Google Drive or a Dropbox link? Has that been I think our it varies. Okay. And I'm sorry, who was that? That was Suzanne. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Suzanne. Yeah. I think she thought she was muted. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. So do, do we have... Um, do we have other agreement on that, that it seems to be a varied access amongst the for business community to be able to access something like a Google Drive or a Dropbox? Kim Emmett. Hey guys, so I'm, my only concern is that everybody's technological skills in being able to access whatever it is that you set up, whether it's um, Google Docs or Dropbox and, and navigating in that, um, because I don't know that everyone's going to be able to navigate that or have the skills to navigate that unless you have like a, a really nice tutorial or some, some screenshots. Um, that would be my only concern of, of using anything. Because um, in my mind, I thought if, if there was just a link to each job seeker on the website, it, it might be easier and cleaner. But... I don't know how that could be protected or if the document itself or the PowerPoint or whatever it is that is representing the job seeker could be password protected, then it would make it a little more safer. But definitely I'm thinking maybe some kind of tutorial for those that maybe have never used Dropbox or Google Docs. That's that. Thanks, Kim. Okay, so to recap what I have heard, it sounds to me like um, we have had some um, mixed experiences with being able to potentially use Google Drive or Dropbox uh, because either um, people may not be familiar uh, with, uh, you know, what they are and, and you know, um, clicking on the link and then needing to create potentially a login uh, for the Google Drive or the Dropbox. And I think Dropbox is just a link, but it's been a long time since I used it. Um, whereas, and I'm sorry, I hear that the mail truck is about to arrive, which means my dogs are about to bark, I'm afraid. So if, <laughs> if you hear that, I apologize. Um, but that it seems that people would be more supportive of being able to house this information somehow on the fill on the job website. Although we have some questions, if, if it was housed there, 
um, we may or may not have the opportunity to password protect that or limit who can view that information. Um, it, it might just kind of be out there. Is that a good representation of everything we've heard? I, I see one yes, so, and I hear no other comments and no other hands raised, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that that's where we are as a group today. Yep. And we will move the conversation forward then. Thanks so much for all of your input. So we have, great, thank you, Chelsea. Chelsea added that she thinks that's a good list and a good representation. Thanks so much for that. So we have, we've kind of tossed around a few dates. Originally, we were kind of looking at late May, early June. Uh, then it was the second week in June. And now knowing that for at least uh, Philadelphia and most of uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, that the soonest that we may not find ourselves in the red zone and, and maybe kind of peeking into the yellow um, might be sometime the beginning of June. Um, knowing that, and knowing that it's going to take businesses some time to rebound, um, to be able to uh, have some time, energy, and focus on participating in this kind of an event and be interested in potentially onboarding some new team members, that we felt that late June might be our best bet at this point. We had considered looking at July, but then we kind of thought that that might be a little bit too long um, and that we might want to take advantage of this opportunity to uh, utilize people's downtime to uh, give provider organizations something really positive to work on right now, to provide a really excellent opportunity for job seekers to, to meet with businesses. So we are looking currently at June 24th. I would say at this point that is not set in stone because uh, we haven't done the flyers and we have not begun to advertise this event as of yet. We do know that this group typically meets at three o'clock on Wednesday. June 24th is a Wednesday. So we would still be able to have this meeting. This meeting would not necessarily need to be impacted in any way. And in fact, we might be able to do a little bit of a debrief um, during this meeting to let people know how it went. Um, it might also help us to uh, potentially learn how to do these events again in the future. So would anybody have any commentary on June 24th being a good day, a bad day, a day we should stay away from, uh, you know, black cat day, something like that that we're not aware of, any reason that that would be a bad idea? Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Kim. I got a couple. Sounds like a good, a good time and a good day. That's great. Thank you. Here's, thank you, Vanessa. Wendy says, okay, great. So we're going to take that as a good sign and move forward with that as our potential date for this event. As a group, we also spent a good bit of time thinking about how to schedule this. So here's what we, um, if Black Cat Day, I'm still interested. Nice, Chris, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so for the potential schedule, here's what we thought we would do. Andrea has a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andrea. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Hi. I know that this is kind of hard to um, 
guests if you're trying to plan an event, but I wonder if it makes sense to keep things in line for when Philadelphia moves into different phases of the governor's plan and if businesses might be more open to participating in a hiring event with hope that they could actually onboard employees. Just a thought. So is your thought that June 24th is too early to do it, Andrea? Is that your thought? Perhaps, yes. Yeah. We, we yeah. just don't know what June 24th would look like. Again, it's hard to predict and plan the future. Um, but I wonder if maybe a little later in the summer and we might get more employer interest. So, Andrew, this is Joe coming out of my, my moderator role. I... I yes. I think that was a big, that's a great point. So that was a big uh, conversation we had last week when we were talking about the state. Some of us thought that might be the time when we're going to the next phase. Some people weren't. Um, that's why we're going July, June. Originally, our first date was like the first or second week of June. Um, but we realized that would be too soon. Um, but I don't know how other people feel. That's, I don't have a backup. Kim, Kim Emmett said, can we schedule and have a backup date? Tracy Cody said it could take another month for any onboarding. Wendy Williams says that's true. And Chris Root has something going on that week. Anyone else have thoughts? You can get the word out first from Kim and maybe ask for feedback. That's a thought. Lily had her uh, thumb up for that. You guys are all using the, the gestures. It's the first time I have seen people using these. I, <laughs> something else I got to watch on here. Good job. Um, Chris, that was a good idea. So Red, uh, Kim said, so rescheduling might not be so hard. Yeah, I think having a backup date might be difficult, but I kind of like the idea of maybe doing a little bit of a um, survey uh, to some of our businesses that we routinely network with um, as well as ones that we would be inviting to say look we, we are considering um, hosting this kind of an event this is the date that we were you know this was the time period we were thinking about do you think that this timeline would be beneficial to your business uh, in your current hiring needs um, that could be that could be something and Chelsea wrote, we could include a survey with the invite to employers and other different dates. Mm -hmm. Do different dates based on businesses or industries. That's intriguing. That's a neat idea, Teresa. Okay, cool. That's some really good feedback and I think something that we can work with. On the one hand, I always feel pressured to begin to get the word out so that we have time to mobilize you know, a good participation. Um, but again, uh, you know, good point um, that Andrea brought up and certainly was discussed with the planning team is, you know, how to effectively plan when uh, we have no idea what our region's timeline is going to be looking like in terms of the, uh, the COVID mitigation process. So Teresa Cody put in the chat, uh, essential business are hiring. Chelsea uh, Lutz, um, a registration survey would also help us to gauge employer commitment to the event. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Chris Root said I do too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's cool. I, I think we can definitely work with that. That's, 
Great feedback. Thank you so much for that. And Sharon uh, Skirky um, said, I like the idea for shooting for June so that we can try again in August or September. Cool. Okay. Um, really great. We will utilize all of those ideas to be sure. And uh, if we do do the registration, then, you know, in my call to action piece, which will be at the end, your help in getting that, that registration survey out to our business community will be key um, in helping us to um, get that feedback and input back from our business community would, will also be key. So um, I thank you in advance for, um, for not only that information, but your future help in, in getting us that, that data that we'll need to make good decisions. So let me talk to you about a little bit about the scheduling and then this, um, some of the puzzle pieces as to how this will actually work might fall into place for you guys. It seemed that the experience of our planning committee is that people are involved in a lot of meetings in the mornings, but that their afternoons seem to be a little bit more free. Um, so we um, had decided that what we would do is ask our job seekers to quote unquote arrive in the kind of large group um, meeting room um, similar to the experience that those on the call are having right now, that uh, everybody is all together in one place. As uh, our job seekers arrive, uh, we can check in with everybody, make sure that their technology is working, see if they have any questions, um, make sure that they understand how this is going to work. And then at 1.30, the event will officially start. We will welcome our job seekers. We would welcome our uh, businesses who are participating. And we haven't figured out how we will do this yet, but we wanted to basically set the tone for the experience, make it uplifting, positive, uh, resourceful, and then also provide people with directions for how the rest of the experience will go. And then from 1.45 to 2.30, Again, because we're using the Zoom platform, we'll be able to have breakout rooms where candidates will have the opportunity to speak with business representatives. Now, I would say this is one area that we don't have totally defined because we don't yet know exactly which businesses are going to be responding. And we're not quite sure um, which, you know, who um, our job seekers are going to be. But our thought was that we could potentially have one candidate in each room, each breakout space, and we could divert, we could direct business representatives to certain candidates um, dependent upon those candidates' career goals or um, vocational interests to make it as person-centered as possible. Now, what it likely will be is that and again, we'll have to see what kind of matching can be done ahead of time so that we're prepared. But what it could be, it doesn't necessarily mean to be a one-to-one -one type of experience, not necessarily an interview experience, but rather an opportunity for the candidate to speak with one business rep or maybe more than one rep at a time. Again, it's more of a kind of candid, informal 
um, this is who I am, this is um, what I'd be really good at, these are where my interests lie, this is how I could help a business like yours. And then those business reps could potentially move on to speak to other candidates and that candidate could um, you know, speak with other representatives as they come through. What we don't wanna have happen is to have a, a job seeker that isn't vis visited by any businesses. So we would work to ensure that all candidates would have the opportunity to speak with a business. So Teresa Cody in the chat yep. said, uh, matching is why advanced registration important and for job seekers having all their resumes, et cetera, in at least 10 days ahead. So seven days ahead, the businesses can obtain, obtain the book, quote unquote. Exactly. So we hope that by doing it this way, candidates have um, some really good time to, to do that and, and a, a good opportunity to meet with one or more uh, businesses during this, this time. And then Kim Emmett was asking about doing a test run. I think we will do one internally. And Kim, this might have been an, an idea that you brought up or somebody had brought up in our last um, group meeting was to, to do a test run maybe with some of our businesses that are already friends of ours, uh, maybe already employ some of our folks and would just be willing to come in to do it as a test run on to help to work out the kinks. And um, I think that would be something that we would try to do. So yes, thank you for that, that input. We were thinking of, of keeping the entire event for the businesses to an hour uh, because A, we want businesses to know exactly what it is that they're committing to at the time and to be very respectful of everyone's time right now. Um, I know when I first got on the call today, we were talking about how long we're just on virtual meetings these days. And sometimes they can be really, really exhausting. So we wanna be really mindful of that. We want this to be an effective and resourceful experience for everybody involved. Uh, and we wanna be very respectful of that. So did, did anyone have comments or suggestions on the schedule itself? Any thoughts on that? Looks good from Andrea Lowe in the chat box. Cool. Good, I really like that idea from Kim. Store Frank's good. Okay, great. I'm going to take that as a plus. Great. Thank you, Susan and Wendy. That's awesome. Thank you. So um, I think we're going to push forward then with that schedule, um, depending on the day, you know, when we have it, that, that might be a question mark at this point. Um, but it sounds like the schedule is uh, cool with everybody. So that'll be great. So here's another chance for feedback from the group. Um, our planning committee has spent a good bit of time on, on networking with providers and asking for their participation, but then also to be cognizant that um, in order to get good buy-in from the providers and in order for this to be a really successful event, we want providers to also have a stake in this event in some way, shape or form to ensure that job seekers have a really positive experience and that um, planning committee members are not overburdened to, to um, 
make sure that this is a really positive and effective event. So we came up with a couple suggestions and we would love your feedback as well as any other ideas that you might have. So we thought one thing that we could ask a provider is that they, we ask them to invite five businesses to the event and share with us the businesses that they have invited um, so that we know whose registration we could at least look for. Um, we also had the suggestion of creating a template um, that would basically provide the, um, the provider with all of the information that they would need to network this event to their business contacts, um, making it as easy as possible for them um, to invite businesses and then share uh, those businesses with us. So that was one thing we were thinking about asking a provider agency to do. The next is that if they were supporting a job seeker who was participating in the event, we would ask them to assist that, that job seeker or those job seekers to come to the event with a visual tool that I had described earlier. Um, again, since we can't really do the expo boards, we'll be relying on things like a visual resume, a video resume. A traditional resume could work, um, but might be a little bit more difficult in this kind of a platform or a profile website that would be available. And then lastly, what we really wanted to ask is for a provider agency to ensure that one staff person will participate in the event and will be willing to facilitate a breakout room. And someone here had asked about overlapping. You know, we're not, if, you know, three people would invite potentially the same, the same giant store <laughs> or the same Walmart, we understand that overlapping could happen. We would probably say that, you know, the larger um, employers that we already have close uh, relationships with may not be exactly the employers that we're looking for right now. Um, we might be looking for some smaller businesses, what have you. But as we did point out, essential businesses are the ones that are hiring now. So I think we are prepared for some overlap. We're not as concerned with that. We're mostly, I think, concerned, and, and team, please do chime in if you feel differently, that we're really more concerned with, one, getting the word out, but also giving the providers some responsibility and helping us to invite businesses. Teresa in the chat said providers will need to help ensure that job seekers they are supporting are supported as necessary uh, during a virtual event. This is something that can be ensured when job seekers submit interest in being a part. This will help us to help us prep the Zoom rooms with making sure job coach is set to be in the same breakout room as the supported person. Does anybody feel that this is, you know, an undue expectation to have of providers? Do you feel that we should be asking them to, to do other things? Kim Emmett said, I think that's fair. Chris Rude, me too. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to push this forward because as usual, I talk too long and we're running out of time for today and I want to make sure we get to a few other things. 
Um, we definitely want to provide this in the Philadelphia area first, but I am very keen on learning from this experience and then, you know, hopefully being able to support um, similar events um, that cover other geographies. Um, and I know Kim, Kim Emmett, I'm going to call you out. Kim is uh, representing us from the northeast portion of the state, and Kim is very interested in, in trying to produce a similar event in her neck of the woods. So we are very willing to share this information with, with other organizations um, who might want to provide this type of event to, to their providers, to their businesses, and to their job seekers in, in their uh, geography. So we would be very happy to share this information. We're kind of just working through it ourselves, but I think once we get this down, it'll be a model and a strategy that we might be able to utilize ongoing, which is really exciting. And uh, do providers believe? Okay, so here's a question that Teresa asked. Do providers feel that job seekers would be interested in this opportunity? Does anybody have feedback on that? I do from Kim. Thank you, it's amazing. Uh, Wendy Williams said, I'm sure they will. People are ready to get out of the house. Kim Emmett, um, we're doing a lot of Zoom. Does anyone have the opposite perspective that this might be, um, yeah, Andrea, everybody yeah. noted if we explain to them the benefit. Very true. Um, does anybody have a, a, an, op, you know, an oppositional uh, perspective to that, that they feel that um, this might not be met well by our, um, by our job seekers? very innovative and can be sustained long-term. Yeah. Teresa Cody's asking for a theme. Yep, that's, uh, I'm getting to it, Teresa, here I come. Uh, Chris Florence, in a conversation with supported employment providers, there seems to be an increase in interested candidates. Yeah, okay, great. And Chris Rude had said, if we can get people ready, yeah. So that's a huge part, ensuring that they have the tools to be able to do this well. So I agree. Chelsea Lutz said, I hope that we are able to engage with different employees, employers who haven't built connections with in the past. Um, I think we should have a, a wider reach when inviting potential employer, employers, potentially invite invites from IDS or other organizations. And uh, Teresa Cody agreed with Chelsea. So this is a perfect segue to our next portion of our discussion, which is a call to action. So um, we can really utilize the, you know, the, this community of practice that we have, you know, this uh, employment forum that we have in Philadelphia. We are a community of practice uh, in a lot of ways, which for me though means that um, we should, and we need to be utilizing the combined resources that this group brings to bear. So we all have our own networks. We have our own personal networks and the organizations with whom we are affiliated have their networks. It is really key in leveraging those networks in all aspects of the work that we do, but especially in supporting an event such as this, which is kind of forging some, some new ground for us and, and might be a little bit unexpected and um, might need a little bit of coaching, a little bit of information um, sharing to be able to really onboard um, as many people as possible. So we are going to be asking you guys to help us out. And there's a couple ways 
that this can happen. And you guys can, can, you know, choose what you are really keen on helping out the most with. Clearly a big part of this will be getting the word out. Uh, a flyer will be coming soon. It sounds like we're also going to be working on maybe a survey, a registration survey for businesses, and it would be great if you could help us to um, share that, but also discuss this opportunity with your business networks. Um, already in our planning committee, you know, we've, um, you know, talked to um, members about negotiating with um, their networks. CareerLink, SHRM, um, the people that IDS integrates with. Uh, potentially the employers that we met with um, during the fashion district event that we had, business organizations that we are aware of, utilizing listservs that we are members of, and, and what have you. All good ways of getting that information out. But utilizing our collective networking is going to be huge. And we are going to ask for your buy-in and for your help with that, no doubt. We do also need to come up with a theme or a title for this event. And um, I don't believe he was able to get on the call today, but uh, Joe McGuire, who has been helping us from Kencrest, he is part of our enabling technology team um, and has been helping us a little bit. He, he had come up with a, a couple event titles. One, um, he, he's, he said, call it without a mask. Get it? No masks required because it's virtual. But he also called um, one idea that he had flattening the curve, um, flattening the curve of unemployment amongst the um, IDD uh, population. So I thought that was interesting. But we are looking for some theme and title ideas. Um, you know, so for those of you who like to, uh, to get creative and think on those things, anyone has any suggestions? We, we are open and, and um, willing to accept um, everybody's ideas. So we would love to have any thoughts on, on that. Because of time, I want to, oh, social distancing. Uh, Wendy wrote, social distancing leading to employment connections. Yes, very cool. Flattening the curve is great. Yeah, I kind of thought that was really funny too. Um, I don't know that everybody would get it. <laughs> I know we get it. I don't know if the rest of the world would. Um, so uh, we're very open to all of that feedback. If you are, if this chat has really kind of enticed you to be a part of the planning committee, we would love to, uh, you know, include you. Uh, we're trying to meet fairly routinely to keep this going. Um, we don't meet for long. We try not to overburden anybody, but if anyone would like to join the team, I believe Teresa did put my email address into the chat box. Um, that is the easiest way to get me. If you are interested in participating, um, you can um, email me and I'll make sure to include you on the invitation. And then lastly, I guess if anybody would really loves to do like graphic and visual things and want to work on our eventual flyer, if that's something that you're keen on doing, again, if you could let me know, um, we would be sure to include you in that process and give you that, that task. So that brings um, what I had to a conclusion. Does anybody have any other input or questions?
I don't see any. Then I think I'm done. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allie. I think this was great. And I really appreciate you leading us in this conversation and this topic today. So I will, what I plan to do is we will make sure that people have access to this Word document that was shared. Um, Chris Florence will send it out to his distribution list. We will also get it put up on Phila on the Jobs website. If people can quickly share in the chat or raise their hand if they're on the phone, what are people's thoughts about having a section of Phila on the Jobs website dedicated to this virtual recruitment event so that we can continue to house any public documents related to this there, such as today's Word doc? Okay, Stuart shares good idea. Sounds good, yes. Okay, <laughs> so that this way, it's an easy way for people to access it. Um, sometimes that's easier at Word at times rather than searching through emails. So again, we have not sent out this Word doc yet. We will make sure within the next, by the end of Friday for sure, that people all receive it. So. Thank you all for joining us today. If you have a topic you would like to have discussed or learn more about, please contact us. We look forward to having you all with us next week, May 20th at 3 p.m. Enjoy the rest of the week. Be safe, stay well, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope the information we provided was useful. If it was, please subscribe to our podcast channel. You can find all information about Networks for Training Development at our website, www.networksfortraining.org.